In retirement planning, there are many things that are completely out of your control. That's something that I think Matt knows all about. Matt, what's going on with the weather today there in PA? I have no idea. My weather app just froze up. There you go. And no backup plan to be able to control with that. But you do have a backup plan, I guess, Matt. You can look out the window and tell us what it's looking like, right? You can control that. I can. And guess what? It looks sunny. (laughs) It looks sunny. Maybe not as detailed as we were hoping for, but certainly... (laughs) We feel like it's maybe safe to go outside. Well, that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today, how we can use the things we can control to deal with the things that we can't. Stay tuned. It's time for the Smart Money Questions podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you're asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast. Well, we're glad you're with us today on Smart Money Questions. Walter Storholt here with Matt Hausman today. And Matt, looking forward to our conversation today as we were joking about your weather app not working and being able to give you you know, the ability to know what the weather is outside. You could at least kind of lean to the side and look out the window and tell what was going on out there. And I know that you see this all the time when folks come in to meet with you and you to kind of analyze their situation and how many times do you run into somebody worrying about something that they can't control? Every single time. Mm-hmm. It never fails. I think it's just part of human nature. I think we all have different aspects that we worry about where we we don't know what's going to happen. Are the Eagles going to win the Super Bowl? Well, <laughs> you know, we, we're not in control of that, right? <laughs> but it's definitely something I would say that is always going to be part of the initial conversation and the continuing conversation after someone becomes a client and we're going through that, let's call it the additional administration of the plan we put together for them. So many different things I think that need to be considered when it comes to things that we can't control versus the things that we can. And uh, we'll give you a couple of examples on today's show of where we see this happen a lot in financial planning and the things that you can use at your disposal to kind of combat these different things. So a first one to get us started here, Matt, would be the fact that we can't control what happens in the market. We don't know if it's going to go up. We don't know if it's going to go down. And really, we have no control over which direction it heads in. But we can control just how exposed we are to that risk of it going up and down. That is so important, especially when you're looking at a time frame of three, five, seven years away from, quote, your retirement date, is making sure you understand what that risk that you're taking is when you're going to start taking money, what that's going to look like, because let's just go back. It's been 10 years now, but let's go back and think about 06, 07. And then what happened in 08. And you know, if you were two or three years away from retirement and you really weren't paying attention to that, I mean, back in 06, 07, man, we just thought that the market was printing money. I mean, it was like the late Mm nineties, if you remember. Yep. And then To have that mindset, oh, I'm just going to leave everything and quote this risky position and then 08 happens. I've met people that had to put off retirement until 2010, 2011 because they weren't really paying attention to that. So one way that you can, let's talk about, okay, we don't know what the market's going to do, when it's going to do what. So the idea would be if we create different buckets of money with different risk and we understand that. That could be one way where we're minimizing the buckets that we're going to start taking from in maybe a sooner time period where others 
where we're looking at more of a longer time horizon, we can be able to accept that risk. And if the market goes down, it's not affecting our current lifestyle or our retirement date. And that's the way that we are in more of control of where our money is and not worried about what we can't control, which what, what's the market going to do? You know, we call that the sequence of return risk. And that is that we never know what that sequence is going to look like. Is it going to be positive or negative? But doing a simple strategy of placing money in different risk buckets, minimizing risk, and then even taking risk, I think is one way that you can have a little more peace of mind long term and then not worry about what the market's going to do. Yeah, I think that's a huge uh, distinction to draw here, Matt. And I know I've told this story before on the podcast when we talked about thunderstorms a couple of podcasts ago. And so I won't dive back into the complete story, but this just is a topic that really resonates with me because when I was a kid, I had a lot of uh, very irrational fears without the ability to process them. Adult fears with the you know seven-year-old's ability to kind of understand and deal with them. But instead of hiding me from those fears, the ultimate conclusion was that I needed more information. I needed to be armed with information that I could understand, and it helped me deal with those things that were out of my control, like thunderstorms or, you know, worrying about being, you know, bitten by a snake or, you know, (laughs) whatever the fear of the day was for me back then. And instead, it was the idea of, okay, we're going to give you an emergency kit. So if there's a thunderstorm, you've got your flashlight and extra batteries and a weather radio. You know, when it was the fear of getting bitten by a snake or a spider, well, here's the poison control number and, you know, the basics of 911 or whatever it may be. You know, just different things in place to give me things I could control so that I could have power over the things that I couldn't. It worked beautifully. And really, the same thing can work for all of us when it comes to this financial element and this financial aspect. And, yeah, the market is definitely one of those areas where we can't control it, but we can have control over how it affects us as it does its own thing. I think it's so important having the fear of the thunderstorm or if a tornado is going to come up or lightning or something like that. And what you said was really you having a better understanding with either an emergency kit or the education of how weather works Mm -hmm. is so important even in your financial life is understanding. So let's go back. And the question was, or the idea was, we don't know what the market's going to do. How can we minimize risk? The first key is understanding how much risk am I taking? And then educating ourselves And I always say this, educating yourself at least conceptually to understand how much risk I'm taking, how can I minimize or mitigate that to then not fall into the fear of the thunderstorm coming upon you. And in this particular case, I'm going to say the thunderstorm, the tornado, the lightning strike is the media Mm -hmm. because they are constantly, I mean, we were just joking about the weather app, right? Good golly. If you still watch the weather.com or you go to the weather channel is they can take the smallest little afternoon rainstorm and blow it into the next national disaster. Mm -hmm. And I think with the media in the financial world and constantly having the cycle of having to sell all of the ads is if we haven't armed ourselves with the education of exactly what we have, where it is, what the risk is, when we're going to use it and have those understandings, then we can fall prey to, oh my God, the thunderstorm's coming. I need to go and then fill in the blank with whatever is going to be a knee-jerk reaction, which usually does not work well for people long-term. 
Yeah, great point. Great point. So we see that in the market all the time. And then what I was going to next, Matt, and it's kind of apropos is all of my fears when I was little were, you know, am I going to die, you know, was kind of the, the major concern I always have. And you can't control how long you're going to live for the most part, but you can control how much emphasis you put on creating lifetime income streams to really kind of eliminate that unknown of how long you're going to live. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are certain things that with regards to, quote, how long we're going to live is there's things that we can do with that. What I look at is a glass more half full when it comes to that, always having that expectation of living longer. And it goes back to the idea of what the market's going to do is if we have looked at our various income streams that we are expecting for life. So let's say a pension. Let's talk about Social Security and then wherever our investments are let's say there's rental income, stuff like that, is it so important to then also think about the survivorship or the surviving spouse if you're married, that making sure those income streams continue for that person. And when you have those and you understand them, goes back to the first thing, that can really help offset the idea of whatever, quote, the market is doing up or down, right? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. It's another big point to remember. We can't control how long we live. That's obviously one of the big triggers of worry for a lot of people in retirement planning, but there are things that we can put in place to have control over that. We also, and we always have at least some mention of taxes here on the show, Matt. I don't think we can go a podcast without talking about it at least a little bit. We can't really control what tax rates are going to look like in the future. I guess we have the power of, you know, being able to vote certain folks into office that we think will go in one direction or another. But but really, that's a, a pretty small, minuscule impact on the overall thought process here. So we can't really control what tax rates are going to do on the individual level, but you can control how much of our wealth we leave in those places that can get taxed in the future. And you're right. We talk about this all the time, and that goes back into understanding wherever you're placing your money now, what's the exit strategy going to look like? What's it going to look like when I start to take money out? And let me let me kind of give you an example. I was on the phone with a younger client the other day, and they had some money that they were looking to invest. And they wanted to know, where are the different options that that I should be looking at to, to put this money? And so what I went through was, well, first of all, you still qualify to contribute to a Roth. So I think that's going to be one of the first places. And I would tell you that you want to max it out for this year, if possible, which they were able to do. And then the next thing was, let's look at, you know, do we put money into an IRA? Or do we put money into an after-tax investment? And what are the advantages? So when we think about what all the gurus always talk about, which is maxing out the IRA, the 401k, 403b, what have you, my conversation with him was, in this particular case, they were looking at this year, their income is going to be a little higher than what it's been in the past. So maybe one of the things to consider is contributing to the IRA to lower that tax burden today. But what I let him know is I want to let you know that putting that money in there and the tax savings you're going to have today, when you go to take this out in this particular case in about 20 years, I'm going to let you know right now, you're going to pay more tax on the way out the door than the tax savings you got today. And you're thinking, well, how in the world is that possible? Well, if he's going to contribute five grand, let's say, and that five grand over 20 years, you know, grows to 20 and he goes to take it out, even if they're in a lower tax bracket, they're paying on a higher number. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you know, does it make sense to do that compared to 
not looking for that tax savings today. And so, as you said, we, we can't control what tax rates are going to be in the future. Quite frankly, right now, they're pretty attractive. So maybe it's okay to pay that tax and look at an after-tax investment account where in the long term, we're looking at long-term capital gain rates, which historically, now this could also change, but historically, they have always been better than ordinary income taxation. And you can control and have a better opportunity of, as I said, controlling the tax that you're going to pay when it's time to take that money out versus a qualified retirement account like an IRA or 401k. There is no control. You know, For instance, at the age of 70 and a half, I have to start taking the money out. And then you're going to pay tax on whatever the prevailing tax rate is. So it's real important to understand what is the exit strategy going to be based on where I'm placing the money today. And it's not that IRA money is bad, as I was telling him. It's just that you want to be aware of this. But if I'm, quote, tax diversified, as everyone always hears me talk about, is that gives you a better option on manipulating your tax return to reduce your overall tax cost on all of your investments. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a big a big piece of the puzzle is always going to be taxes, and that's why we certainly talk about it so often here on the show. You just got to make sure you've got a strategy to, to deal with those different moving parts. But last but not least, Matt, and for some listeners this may be a no-brainer, but unfortunately if you look at data from what a lot of people do when they plan for their financial future – a lot of emphasis gets thrown around Social Security. And the fact of the matter is you can't control what will happen with Social Security in the future, but we can control how heavily our income plans rely on its existence, or even if it still exists, maybe it changes in how it operates. But you can kind of limit your exposure to to how much you're reliant on that Social Security stream. Yeah, and of course that, first of all, is going to go into your savings. Am I going to have a pension those type of things to help offset how high of a percentage Social Security is in our retirement years after we elect it. Now, that being said, now, for compliance purposes, this is just my opinion, and I'm not associated with any government agency. I don't believe Social Security is going away. Mm -hmm. What we saw, what they did in 2015, what, what we saw them do with under Clinton, what we saw him do under Reagan, is the politicians are always going to need to keep Social Security around. And so the next step would be is understanding how Social Security is going to fit into your equation, going back to the second thing we talked about, which was lifetime income streams. The reality is I believe Social Security will always be around. But as I was speaking with this younger couple, that I was just talking about, they were under the impression Social Security wouldn't be there when it was time for them to collect. And I said, oh, no, it's going to be there. You're just going to pay a lot more in than your parents did. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. And And maybe not take out as much. (laughs) When they have cost of living raises of, you know, what, like 0.06% or whatever it is, you know, these minuscule cost of living increases. Okay, I've got an extra $13 that I can use this year from Social Security. I mean, if they just go for long periods of time without keeping up with inflation and the cost of living, it kind of takes care of itself by becoming less and less important as the buying power gets reduced from those dollars. Well, and you know, that's a great point because let's talk about that for a second is if you look at the traditional pension from companies that's been around forever, almost all of them have no inflationary raise that happens. If I'm going to collect a $2,000 pension today and I'm alive in 25 years, it's still going to be two grand. Social security is one of the few ones that still has that cost of living. And of course, if you work for the Fed, 
most federal retirees have that increase built in or even at various state levels. But the reality is most pensions don't do that. And so that's where going back to how much are you going to be relying on Social Security? I would tell you, don't rely on that cost of living increase. As a matter of fact, when we're doing our planning, I never put it in there. When I'm running the reports and stuff, it never goes in because even though statistically over the last 30 years or any rolling 30-year period of time, you can see where it averages. They say anywhere from like 1.75 to 2%. But I think you're right. I think that eventually goes away. And so then it goes to where am I going to position my assets to actually help with that inflationary factor that we know never goes away. Yeah. Huge issue, I think, for a lot of people is how much you're going to rely on Social Security. Do you have a lot of money, you know, exposed to tax risk? What about the market? A lot of risk that's exposed there as well. And, you know, then this whole thing of, all right, well, even if we can kind of figure those elements out, we still don't know how long we're going to live. So when we have a pension or we have these options where we want to, do we set something out for 20 years or 30 years? Do we take the spousal option? All these things obviously work in conjunction, Matt. The fallacy or the, the place somebody goes wrong is trying to make any of these choices in a vacuum and not seeing the bigger picture, right? Absolutely. You want to be looking at everything or looking at it holistically, you want to look at everything that you have and what you have access to. So as you mentioned, if you have access to a pension, understanding how that works and what the options are when you choose that payment or a lump sum, social security, and then your other investments, how is that going to work all together to make sure that you know the retirement that you want is what you get? Well, there you go. Some of the things that we can't control in financial planning, in our retirement planning, and some of the things that we can control that can help us kind of deal with those items. If you have questions about this or about your own financial plan, we always invite you to submit those questions. We might feature it on a future show. Smartmoneyquestions.com is the place to go. You can ask your question you know, just straightforward to Matt and the team, or if you want to feature it on a show as well, we can do that. Smartmoneyquestions.com, the place to go. You can also click on the link or visit the site in the description of today's episode for more resources and information about what we've talked about on the program today. Or you can just go straight to the site to find this most recent post. And that's smartmoneyquestions.com. That's where you can listen to the podcasts and uh, visit past episodes as well. We now have blogs accompanying every podcast episode, so you might be able to find a little bit more information there if you want to review some of the things that we've talked about. You can even click, Matt. This is kind of the cool feature. You can even click. We put some links in where we talk about different subjects in each podcast, and not just for this episode, but past ones as well. It'll take you right to that part of the episode where we talk about that particular subject. So if there's something that intrigues you the most, you can just click and skip all of Matt's you know, back and forth babble <laughs> with me at the beginning of the episode and just go to what's most interesting to you. But we know Everyone that that knows I can get a little long winded, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we know that that's why people come, though, is to hear our witty banter back and forth at the beginnings for sure. <laughs> if you're old fashioned and you want to call Matt and talk to him about your financial plan, you can always do that as well. 610-719-3003 is the number. That's 610-719-3003. Looking at like what we talk about today or just in the podcast, we want to make sure that everyone knows that we're always offering educational workshops on a multitude of subjects, Social Security, taxes, understanding pensions. If you'd like to attend one of ours, if you're in our local area, feel free to just check out our website, smartmoneyquestions.com, and we'll have it on there. You can reach out to the office and just schedule a time to attend one of those. Very useful. Again, that's smartmoneyquestions.com. One more time, the website for you to go to. 
All right, that's it for this week's podcast. For Matt, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on Smart Money Questions. 